Hello, everybody. I'm Cecilia Mintz. I'm a resource specialist with StarNets Region 1 and 3, and I'm joined here today with Bridget Meese, another resource specialist. We're here with Kim Bird to discuss her process for using project approach with children with exceptionalities. Go ahead, Kim, and tell us a little bit about yourself and then what got you interested and started with project approach. Hmm. Well, hey, uh, hi, and thanks for inviting me to do this today. Um, Whenever I get the chance to talk about Project Approach, I get uh, pretty excited about it. So um, thank you. Uh, Yeah, like my name is Kim Bird, and I've been teaching uh, early childhood special education for about 28, 29 years now. Um, Started out, believe it or not, teaching high school special education, and I just went straight down the ladder. So um, after being a stay-at-home mom myself for about 10 years, came back to teaching and just fell in love with early childhood special ed. So um, been doing project work for a long time now, um, and I'm really excited to share what I know about it. Awesome. How do you uh, get started on a project? So we know, you know, the basics, so we follow our, our children's lead, but what helps you to really get started um, when you develop a project in the classroom? Um, I'd say the number one thing, especially with our children with special needs, or um, I like how you put it, exceptionalities, is probably that they're op- I really have to be very observational of the students, um, whether it be through their play, um, their toy choices, their book interest. Uh, and their patterning of play. Is it something that they're very repetitive about and like to, to keep routine is very important to them. And um, I, I really feel like it takes me a little time too to get to know them, their strengths, their weaknesses. Um, obviously, all my students have individual educational plans. So I, I really have to be um, very mindful of that and how I have to address those uh, specific Um, objectives for them throughout the day. So picking a project um, has very much come naturally to me now. um, And it's because of the high observation that I make of the children. And um, then I I actually question them. And if they're able to answer me and give me, you know, question me back without uh, too much of too many supports or things, we really, uh, we go with that. I tend to also follow those play leaders in the classroom, the ones that are really already setting up some nice play scenes. And then as we all gravitate to that play or that interest, then the questions start happening. Um, And that's kind of, for example, what led us to the most recent project that we're just now finishing up um, was on a garbage truck. And so we had had a group of little boys playing with some little plastic rainbow links and they were hooking them up to the backs of the chairs and I was watching this for a few days and I would comment on them I'm like wow those look like really cool spider webs you're making what what are you what's your plan what are you doing and they said yeah they're spider webs you know and I'm like oh no I planted an idea (laughs) but then you know as the days went on then they started doing other things with those chairs and those links so one day I said to one of the little fellas, um, now what are you doing? I don't see spider webs anymore. What are you doing today? Well, Mrs. Bird, we're playing garbage truck. This is how you get the garbage. 
I'm like, oh, I see it. Okay. So then that was, we just expanded on that. And before we knew it, we watched other children enter this play of using the links and the chairs and uh, boxes and the real garbage cans in the room. We had quite a mess a couple days there, believe it or not. But um, anyways, uh, I started asking the children more about garbage trucks in general. And from there, we just, as the teacher, I decided this really lends itself nicely to a project because I had the majority of the students of my 10 in the afternoon very much interested in the play of garbage trucks. So, uh, and I knew that we could really, really meet a lot of those objectives that were on the IEPs. Um, pulling kids into our play was naturally happening. So uh, we just we just went with it. And um, like I said, we're now concluding that project and it lasted a good five or six weeks. So I, I, to answer your question, Cecilia, it's mainly the observational piece. You have to learn to be most observational of the children's interest and then really kind of their strengths. What is it that, you know, where you can go with a project and um, what it is too, you know, you have to be able to teach and, and provide those experiences for the kids. So observation. And it sounds like you also, on top of the observation, is you have a really strong relationship with the children in your uh, classroom. And so that makes it a little bit easier for you to follow their lead and see where it's going. Right, right. They they know I'm going to get on the floor and play with them, too. I mean, um, and if uh, I may, I may even offer up additional materials for them, too. You know, you need to be that kind of teacher that... Um, you know, you want to be proactive into their play instead of, you know, always just reacting to it. So I'm like, oh, I see you're using these links. Well, what else do you need? Is there something else I can go over to the cabinet and look for something? Well, yeah, you know, maybe we could use something. We need something long here because this is not working. We need to wrap this around here. So there we already um, just by those comments and questions back to them, it, it really expands not only the play, but then, you know, their, their uh, further thinking about their process and what they're wanting to see happen, which for me just leads to even more big learning. So, yeah, the rapport is, is great. You know, we, we know we're all going to get together and uh, be silly and playful the, the first part of school and get to know each other really, really well, our interests and those parent those parent surveys uh, that we all send home are so important, so important. So I get to, I get to know the kids real well even before I feel like uh, that first couple days of school through uh, through their families. I really make a big point of doing a big part with that as well. So Kim, can you tell us a little bit about how you make projects accessible for all of the children in your classroom? Um, sure. That is probably for me, um, as a special education teacher, first and foremost, um, I have all, I guess, the tricks of the trade over the year that I've learned, all those strategies, um, the things that I know the children need naturally to be successful in the classroom, in a school environment. So, I mean, it's, it's, I, 
it's well thought out, but yet it's nothing new or different. So um, to make it accessible for all the children, um, and first of all, I have to really think about where they are with their with their learning and their play. So where is it that this little guy is, my little three-year-old, compared to some of my five-year-olds, and where we want that project, what the project will look like for them and meeting them um, with their with their learning, right? So if you do that first, then the ability to make the project a, a, a more accessible for each child differently becomes just natural for you, I think. Um, or as special education teachers or just good teachers in general. Universal adaptions should really be made by all good teachers at this point. If you're supporting them through visuals, um, task list or with pictures are very, very helpful for the children of all different levels of needs to understand your expectations, what it is you're wanting them to do, um, all those good things that good special education teachers are already doing, the first and then boards, uh, the visual schedules, just having um, good visual presentation in your classroom, classroom, classroom for all the children, no matter what their disability. So their understanding can be able to make their wants and needs known, their play wants and needs known to each other. Those are the things that set the groundwork for them building on um, making projects um, more accessible for all the kids. So those things were definitely put into my classroom from the get-go. Can everybody make their wants and needs known, especially at play? That's most important to a young child. Um, so those are the things. If you come into my classroom, you're going to see the entire classroom, all the centers, and our group meeting in particular is populated with visual pictures of the students doing behaviors or um, things that we need them to be able to communicate. For example, raising your hand to, to talk, have a turn to talk. We actually have to teach the children to do that, right? Really? Yes, these are preschoolers. So we have to, um, That those are those are the things that you have to take time and teach. And so, um, and we make sure we leave those visuals out all year because they support all of us all throughout the year too. Don't take them away as soon as um, things are going your way. You, you'll always rely on them. So yeah, um, just I'm trying to think of more accessible things be, that are just already naturally occurring and happening in my room. Um, and I make a really big deal about that um, to make sure that that's ready for all the kids. In fact, I moved from a different school um, from where I've been for 17 years to a new school. And so I had to repopulate my room and really rethink about the environment and the space. And that, that took me some time, but it was well worth it because we immediately had great success with the kids. And I have children that have, you know, severe autism that require lots of different levels of supports. And so we, we get that stuff in place and then um, being able to ask and um, present project work to children then becomes very natural because we're already want it to be language driven because that seems to be the biggest delay for a lot of my students. So it's just kind of a natural progression of what we already started, just from building that rapport to learning to play together to let's 
get into something that's really of high interest to all of us, or the majority of us anyways, and then we go with it. And that's exactly what has happened this year with the garbage truck project. Um, I probably had out of those 10 kids in the afternoon, maybe three, four that really weren't quite sure. We're just kind of onlookers into the garbage truck play until the real garbage truck showed up at school one day. So shout out to waste management. Yahoo! They stepped it up for Mrs. Bird, showed up with a beautiful waste management garbage truck outside my classroom windows. So not only could we take just a handful of children out at a time, say three, and really get a real close look at it. The kids got to sit in the cab and ask questions and beep the horn and pull the string for the other horn, uh, touch the gas tank, ask about the lights. You know, we learned all the parts of the garbage truck, the hopper and the blades and, you know, added to our vocabulary about what happens to the trash. It gets compacted. Um, how many wheels were on the garbage truck. We did have a slew of questions that we definitely um, ask our experts, but there was a definite level of engagement and um, where the children were just delighted when that real garbage truck and those real garbage men showed up. And so um, that alone was a huge accessibility factor because everybody that wanted to get on the garbage truck could get on. And then it really just trajectoried our future uh, learning then about the garbage truck. We had, honestly, we had six real big questions we asked our experts, but then we probably, after they left, generated about six or eight more. So, um, and then, of course, you can imagine the level of play that went up because we had that much more to add to our play about garbage trucks. And... Um, we had more materials we had to gather, more things. We, we had more questions then about what is recycling. That came into, um, into the garbage truck project. So, um, so many specific things, too, for accessibility. Just, just think about how to really highlight your students' strengths. I wrote that one down. I wanted to be able, be able to remember to share that one. Um, I have, have a current little student that her biggest thing she first thing she does when she comes to the room every day is get the little markers out and the paper and she wants to color and draw get glue sticks out and she loves to do all this and that's pretty much what she'd like to do for two and a half hours but I said to myself how can we take this this real strength that she has and really pull it into the project and really make her um pull her into our play and our engagement and not be a solo little player on her own because she wants to, you can see she wants to. So she actually um, plays garbage truck, but she kind of follows everybody else and she plays by herself. Um, so we took her strengths and we ended up cutting out a whole bunch of, this is just so, so simple, but it just lit her world up. We drew a giant picture of that garbage truck. We cut out a whole bunch of black circles and we let her glue those black circles all over because she knew what the wheels were on the garbage truck. So she added 10 wheels and I didn't even think she could count to 10. Well, she showed me that she could not only count to 10, but she could put exactly 10 wheels on the garbage truck. So that was very exciting to see. And those are things that, naturally kind of happen. It's, um, I didn't have to, 
I planned for this activity, but I didn't necessarily plan for her. I just wanted her to be successful and be able to be a part of our play and what we were doing based on her strengths. But she could show me through her strengths that she even knew more than I thought she did, which those are the things that once you get into project work, work um, you, 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 you don't see necessarily coming, but those are the things that really light your hair on fire as a teacher. It gets you very excited. Um, and then of course we've added just tons and tons of a variety of experiences and, you know, not just from our expert and the the actual truck coming, but in in our play, but, but little things, um, you know, we turned our sensory table and we called it the trash table. We made it, (laughs) we just put all kinds of trash in there and got our scissors out because again, everybody's working on that fine motor piece, right? Cutting. And once they started cutting, then guess what they wanted to do? Glue it, right? So again, using your glue stick. So we made trash cans. Everybody got to glue trash uh, papers that they had cut into a trash can and they be, there became even more elaborate things as we got going. Um, Mrs. Bird is, you, you definitely need to make sure you got a bunch of recyclable parts, whether you're doing garbage truck or not in your classroom, because that fuels, um, such the creativity of young children. So, um, a lot to be said for letting children look at recyclable things or just leftover art pieces and, um, give them some exploration in that because, Children have created the most thoughtful cardboard and paper and duct tape garbage trucks that I have ever seen. And they are currently on display in the front of the school uh, as, uh, as part of our garbage truck exhibit. So um, I think that those are some of the highlights of accessibility type of things that we add um, that are just nat- naturally occur uh, that I think good teachers bring and that especially as um, preschool and special ed teachers that we really think about how to pull everybody into it. So those are, those are a few things I just naturally and, and think about doing every day. Kim, thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that you brought in your current project just to illustrate some of the accessibility um, strategies that you're using in the classroom with the children. And there were a lot of tips already built into that um, scenario. What else would you like to tell people about working with the project approach? Um, I guess for myself as a teacher, especially a, a teacher that's been in the field for a while, to um, always be learning with the children. So, for example, I guess earlier in the uh, podcast, I didn't really get to mention the fact that my first experience with Project Work came probably 10 or 12 years ago, at least now, where Dr. Sally Benneke was called in to speak to us on a professional developmental day, development day. And she gave maybe that two and a half hour, three hour introduction to Project Approach and then um, ultimately, how to pick a topic and to you know really just dabble in it and see where you can go. Um, I was probably one of those um, teachers that day. I know I was sitting on the edge of my seat, going, you know, I think I already kind of do this. This is super exciting. And what's phase one and phase two? Oh, I got to know more. I got to know more. So um, because of that presentation, 
And the fact that I wanted to do more than thematic teaching or um, seasonal teaching, so to speak, with my preschoolers, that really to, it was the was the ticket for me to to go and find out more about project. And then over the years, I had the opportunity, like I said, to collaborate with other early childhood pre-K teachers in a blended environment. And we did uh, many projects together. And uh, one of our projects that we did together actually um, with was the East, two ECE classrooms and a second grade classroom. We collaborated and did um, a big dog project. And it is, it's published in the Project Approach for All Learners, um, that hands-on guide for inclusive early childhood class, classroom teaching um, by Dr. Benicky and her uh, co-authors. So um, I think it has helped me, especially over the years, to become a more reflective, child-directed teacher to really see myself differently as the teacher. Um, not to be the type of teacher that comes in and has the perfect lesson plan driven by the perfect times and groups of children and driven by my lesson plan or standards, so to speak, or even the IEP. Um, I find myself being more reflective on where the children are, like I said, what they need. Um, I know, obviously, good, uh, the, good, the standards and where we are and what we all need to do. But if I really find myself following their lead first in play and then building that rapport with them, because I am really interested in what you're playing, what it is that you're doing, I want to know more show me, let me come into your play. And that can be very hard for a lot of our um, children on the spectrum too. Let me come into your play. Show me what you're doing. Can I have a turn? And um, when I've done that, and I, and I, and I don't rush it, and you know, I let it a lot of times be a choice thing, um, that I find that um, teaching, first of all, is a lot more fun. And um, it's, I feel like I'm more impactful, not only to the children, but their families as well. Um, and because I do a lot of communicating with the families um, through, because of project work and um, just getting to know the families and their children and what their hopes and dreams are for their kids. I mean, that's part of what we do every day too. So um, I feel like I... I've become, a. it's taken me a while, but I finally, at, after all these years of teaching, almost 35 years, I feel like I'm a pretty good teacher. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kim, for coming in and meeting with us just to talk with us a little bit about your philosophy with the project approach and what you've learned over the years. We really appreciated getting the chance to spend some time and talk with you today. Well, thanks again for inviting me. And, um, like I said, I, 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 I get really excited about project work. In fact, we're like, we're just finishing up this project and I can't wait till after the holidays to see the next great interest or uh, topic of discussion that will fuel our next project. It's always, always exciting. <laughs>